bright palette of colour. Life is full of these grey areas, it's not just black and white. An identity-forming experience. You are listening to Eastside Radio Podcast, with discussions and insights on art, politics, music and more, here on eastsidefm.org. If you are still seated, I'd be very surprised. It's time for our next guest and we're going to be tackling, as I said at the top of the show, something that really fascinates me and should be concerning uh, everyone around the globe, given the amount of plastic that is pouring out of factories. As a result, it's a, obviously a byproduct of petroleum and that, that whole oil industry. We're still making lots of plastic and, of course, all the plastic that's been created since the 1950s, wonderful product as it is, is still on the planet and disintegrating down into tiny and tiny particles. So it's it's really my pleasure to welcome to the show today Dr. Cassandra Rout, who, as I mentioned at the top of the show, is a research fellow at Queensland Alliance for Environmental Health Sciences, University of Queensland, and knows a lot about the impact of some of the chemical additives that are finding their ways into our waterways and hence our bloodstreams and our food supplies. So welcome to the show, Cassie. Thanks so much for joining us on Monday Drive today. Thanks for having me, Ruth. Hi. Yeah, look, this is actually such an important issue and it's one that's... There's been more and more evidence mounting over the last 10 years. I was in the environment movement for 10 years and about halfway through that period, some of the campaigners started to talk about tyres, not just about dumped tyres, but actually what's coming off them. And it's really interesting that there is now so much research to show us what the impacts are. Now, what is it that people are um, noticing during their research and data collection that is happening um, with some of these toxic additives breaking up and ending up in our ecosystems. Can you give us some um, insight into the mechanics of that, I suppose, and we, and then we can spend the next 15 minutes talking about the consequences. Yeah, sure. So um, as you said, we've only really been thinking about tyres as a source of plastic pollution over the last couple of years. And so research, we're really at the front, of, at the beginning of understanding this problem. So tyres themselves are actually um, a two-pronged problem. Um, the first of all, when we're driving on our roads, small pieces of the tyre braid off and they contain a substantial amount of synthetic rubber. So we're now recognising that they're actually a, a plastic. So they're a source of microplastics to the environment. And um, we're now realising that tyres are probably the biggest source of plastics to our urban environment. Wow. So it's going into air, it's going into water, it's going into our soil. Yeah, all of the different micro compartments that are connected to roads especially. But then to manufacture tyres, we're actually adding a lot of different chemicals. And these chemicals are added for certain reasons. So they're added to help the tyre become more durable and flexible so that they last longer and they follow and they um, pass safety protocols. Um, We have antioxidants that are added. Um, These uh, also help the tyre be more durable and last longer. And just about a year ago, we're discovering that these chemicals can actually transform in the environment. And there's been this one chemical that's raised a lot of concern. It's called 6-PBD quinone. It's a transformation product of an antioxidant that's added commonly to almost all tyres. But just in the environment, it transforms into this secondary chemical and it's this chemical that we're finding is really toxic to certain species of fish. Oh, no. And we really... Uh, 
<laughs> only trying, only starting to realise the impact of this chemical. So we still don't fully understand. That is so scary. And it just goes to show that something that we've been using for a long time, in this case, you know, hundreds of years or a couple of hundred years, 100 years, how long have we had cars, um, is we're only just discovering what the knock-on impacts are. Now, some of the research that's come out of the United States, for instance, has shown that this 6-PPD quinone is implicated in the mass death. And as you said, fish, these, these in particular are salmon. Um, and we're now finding this chemical in Australian waterways. We're finding it for the first time. That doesn't mean it's only just arrived, does it? That's right, yeah, because we've only known this chemical existed for about a year, so that's why we're only rambling trying to research for it now. So it's been used in tyres for decades. So it would, it's yeah, been in our environment for all this time. We just haven't known about it, so we haven't known to look for it. Um, And we're only really discovering now which species. It does seem to be select species that it's quite toxic to. So there's this coho salmon in... um, uh, Seattle in the United States that you mentioned and they were having mass mortality events every year when they were migrating through Seattle. It took them about six to eight years to work out that it was this chemical that was killing all the salmon as they were going through major cities. Um, we know that um, it's, it's not quite as toxic but it's still pretty toxic to related species rainbow trout and brook trout and those two species are in Australia. So um, we really do need to know um, how widespread this chemical is in our environment, what concentrations it's at in our environment. So far, we've only published this one study looking at one creek in Brisbane and concentrations are pretty similar to the toxicity um, limits for that were killing all the coho salmon. So it's a little bit scary. It, <laughs> it's really scary because there are so many chemicals that we've introduced to our environment um, in recent decades that nobody has any idea of. And this is a very good example of why we have to be much more careful. But the study that you've done now, uh, you're trying to track the amount of tyre wear that's occurring and how this is getting into the waterways. And I understand that you're planning to take samples at other sites throughout Queensland, including catchments flowing into the Great Barrier Reef. So if people start to think about the consequences of uh, a chemical's impact somewhere like that, which is already under so much stress from climate change. So that's the that's the double-barrel horror that we're inflicting on the, on the planet at the moment. It's, it's the knock-ons of climate change coupled with the pollutants that we're putting into the environment. So tell us a little bit about um, how that research is going to evolve. Well, yeah, no, you're right. It is, um, yeah, <laughs> knock-on effect of all different stresses on all these sensitive species. Um, yeah, just because I'm based in Queensland, um, in Brisbane, so that's why we are particularly interested in um, catchments going into the Great Barrier Reef. And like you said, they already are under a lot of a lot of different stresses, and um, oh, we have a lot of unique species that live in these environments as well. So understanding if they are going to be affected by this chemical, they might not be as affected as the salmon. We don't know, but understanding if there is an issue there is the first thing that we want to find out. Find out if there is a risk to these um, catchments, so that we can start thinking about what we can do to prevent these chemicals, um, tire wear, getting into these catchments in the first place. 
So I understand that there are actually tyre makers. I mean, the first thing that a listener is going to think is, can I buy a tyre that doesn't have doesn't produce this chemical, are there tyres being made that are not shedding so much plastic into the environment? And I understand there are tyre time, time makers in the US that um, not just in the nick of time but probably too late have started initiatives uh, and research projects relating to six double PD quinone in the US and globally. Yeah, um, this has been spearheaded by the Californian government, actually. They've done a great job. As soon as this chemical was reported and its effects with the coho salmon, they've immediately um, put measures in place to start assessing its use, um, see to try and find alternative chemicals that can be used in tyres instead. It's really difficult. Uh, a lot of these chemicals that are added are added for safety reasons. They make the tyre that we can use it safely on the roads. The tyres aren't just going to come apart as we're driving along. So um, we, it's not something that we can really easily uh, switch out these chemicals or switch out using these tyres. As far as we know, um, it's in all, so far it's in all the tyres that we have tested. Um, Tyre manufacturers tend to keep their um, formulations as proprietary, so we don't really we don't know from that end if it's used in every tyre. But so far, the tyre that we have tested, we're detecting it in everything. Uh, so it's uh, pretty universal. Mm. And I suppose it would be in bicycle tyres as well. Nobody's probably yeah. done any research into that, but there's no reason why it wouldn't because it's the same material that's being used. So uh, you can sort of say, oh, well, I can't wait to get it to an electric car, but what are the tyres going to be? And uh, I'm riding my bike, but I'm still producing um, microplastic offset and these chemicals. Now, how much can councils do? I understand there are methods for trying to capture the road runoff so that it doesn't make its way into the waterways and then into the ocean. But is that very practical? Is that really going to happen around Australia, that councils can do something along those lines? Um it's not implemented as widely as it could be. I guess it's up to the particular different councils. Um, but then, um, so you have the issue of tyre wear that's on roads that's then washing into our creeks and rivers, ending up in our um, mangrove areas, in our oceans. But then you've also got um, the recycled tyres, which are being used in crumb rubber. So we have, um, just because we have no way of properly recycling used tyres, one of the um, applications is using it crushed up little pieces of tyre and crumb rubber and this crumb rubber is being being applied on children's playgrounds, children's waters, mm. parks, um, polymer-modified bitumen so it can go into new roads. We have um, bits of crumb rubber in the roads, and no one's really looked into that yet, what the impact of that is. And, of course, all these chemicals, all the tyres are still there. They don't go away. Uh, so then if we then have these children's playgrounds and we have big floods like we've been having recently and then um, the water's capturing these chemicals and then taking them, dumping them in our um, local marine environments, that's what we really need to more information on before we can really determine how we can fix the problem or minimise or reduce. I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. I'll have a lot of nightmares about tyres. So just when you thought that you had everything covered that you should worry about, we've introduced something more for you to take into account this afternoon, listeners. But I think it's incredibly important what your research is discovering. I'm so 
um, proud that there are Australian researchers who are onto something that's only been discovered in the last 12 months and obviously is having such far-reaching impacts, ones we can't necessarily roll back and we need to start acting on really soon. So I hope that some policymakers in federal and state government actually start to pay attention to the research that you're doing. You probably do too. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. <laughs> time well, will tell. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. Well, time will tell in some alarming ways unless we get on top of it. Mm. But thank you so much for coming on the program today, Cassie. It was really great to have you and your expertise uh, sharing this story with us, which is so important and uh, makes me more convinced that e- than ever that we need to be... Um, walking more everywhere we go or at least catching public transport and hoping that it doesn't have any rubber involved um, before while we wait for this problem to be properly addressed by government, council and obviously industry. Thanks for joining us on Monday Drive. It's been a blast. Thanks, Cassie. Thanks so much for having me. You have been listening to Eastside Radio Podcast. For selections of more enjoyable content like this, visit our website, eastsidefm.org, and click on Podcast.